Welcome to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live-action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question... Does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And today we have the first of our Halloween series. So... Every time we do a cartoon and then a live action TV and then a movie. Mm-hmm. So we are doing the real Ghostbusters. The cartoon. Dun, 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 right. The cartoon version of the Ghostbusters, the popular Ghostbusters movie. Right. Yep. So um, you can find that on Amazon Prime. They also have a couple series um, or seasons of it on Crackle. Which is like a free, it's kind of like Tubi. We've talked about Tubi before. Mm -hmm. So you can find it on Crackle for free or on Amazon Prime if you have a Prime membership. If you want to revisit that and watch it with us. But before we get into the real Ghostbusters, we have for our... Our most famous segment here. I don't know about that. I mean, past the summary, past the history... Even better than the what will Steve watch next. No, that's my favorite part. Is the non-sponsored snack portion. Yes, and we have a real throwback today. We wanted something kind of tied in to our theme for Mm -hmm. Halloween, and so we have flying saucers. Yeah, we wanted something. Megan wanted something apparently that no one included Steve has ever seen in his life. (laughs) No, I wanted something that tied into the Ghostbusters, like... They used to have, like, Ghostbuster-themed cereal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I found some on eBay, but it was, like, $1,200. So yeah, we have not... instead wafer flying saucers. So these are made... The outside's made out of rice paper. Can you describe what it kind of looks like? Yeah, this looks like a communion wafer. A little bit, That yeah. has been blown up like a pita with an air bubble inside. And then something, if you can hear that, that yeah. rattles around inside it. Those are supposed to be sherbets. That's what they're called. Uh, that but I, scares me. I think of sherbet as ice cream, right? Yeah. So they do look like flying saucers, and it's supposed to be like a like a UFO. Looks so like a are little these supposed wafer to be the UFO. guys inside they're shaking. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you try it, and I'll tell the people all about it. So the texture is supposed to be light melt in your mouth, and there's little sugar bits. Sometimes they're called sherbet. Sometimes they're called non-perials. So they're like the ones you find on the chocolates. Did it have a melt in your mouth texture for the rice paper? Hmm. Okay. So I was spot on with the communion wafer reference. Does it taste like a communion wafer? Because they, they, they don't have really any taste right. to the outside. Okay. The rice paper, if that's what they're calling it, it's kind of thick for that. Okay. But that rice papery communion wafer piece that actually forms the shell yeah. melts pretty much just like a communion wafer does. Gross. Like it takes a minute or two and then it just dissolves. Yeah. Um, and then the things inside are not bad. They're like sprinkles. Yeah, they're like they're supposed to be like the non-perial sprinkles, like yeah. the kind that are on the outside of the chocolate. They're more but they're more like those are like the little white chocolate sprinkles. Mm-hmm. These ta- these are these remind me more of like rainbow sprinkles. Oh, okay. You know how rainbow yeah. sprinkles aren't dots; they're like little, yeah. like can like little cylinders, kind of. Yeah. That's kind of how these remind me. So it's interesting that you said that they they felt like communion wafers because that is actually how the candy started. <laughs> really? Yeah. Somebody just. Bl- Put two communion wafers together. Yeah, basically. So Antwerp in the ni- in the early 1950s, um, in Antwerp, they were a producer of communion wafers called Belgis Belgica Bel Belic Belicia. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it. I'm so sorry, but they had a decline in demand for their product. He needed something new and exciting instead of what he had been selling. So he put the two wafers together and put non-perials in the middle and created the flying saucer. And it was the 1950s. So these, you know, UFOs and aliens were like a big trend at the time because it was space race and all that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And you had a lot of stories for kids about flying saucers coming in and things like that. Even design at the time had like a space kind of astro theme to it a lot yeah yeah so yeah that was kind of a thing so 
I mean, at the same, you can think too. Around the same time we talked, Pop Rocks was in our first episode, right? Um, another Astro Pops, right? So the and there were also like fizzing candies called Zots. So there were all these candies that were kind of themed for space stuff, and this was one of them. And it had a pretty big spike in popularity in the UK um, from the fifties to the seventies um, because of the space race and the interest in science fiction. And now they're still a popular suite in the UK and in Belgium. Um, they came in 12th in a poll for adults of Britain's top suites in 2010. What? Really? I, yeah, I find that I've odd. never seen these in my entire life before. Yeah, before we, found we, found them at, we found them at a, um, like a shop with vintage candy. Right. Right? So um, it's kind of interesting. They're also uh, featured on vegan sweet lists because there's rice paper and sugar. there's nothing in yeah, them. Yeah, there's nothing in them. And there's also popular sweet in Ireland. But this is my favorite, my favorite quote that I found about this. In the 1950s, when satellite wafers were invented, it was also significant for many things. Beatniks. Bobby Socks, the Cold War, and with it, the Space Age. The Cold War was scary on the one hand. Kids had to practice dropping under their seats at school and they, should they need to hide in the event of a nuclear attack, an unlikely solution. And UFO sightings and reported kidnappings were on the rise. Mm-hmm. Hence the UFO-shaped kid. Okay. I'm like, were just kidnappings on the rise? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's straight from their website when like selling these candies that's their pitch but they do look like 1950s they're all like kind of pastel you know those yeah there's kind of like there's a variety of colors white orange like a reddish pink and like a light blue yeah is what the different colors are so for satellite wafers or or i'm gonna call them communion wafer ufos okay we rate the candy one out of five, and obviously we have to do ghosts because we're doing Ghostbusters That's today. True. So one out of five for the candy, one out of ten for the show. What are you giving this candy? So so for commune FOs. Yeah, commune FOs. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. I mean, am I ever going to eat these again? No, not in my life. Are you going to finish the um, bag? But I can't give them a one because I already had another one. Uh-huh. So I feel like a one means I hate them and don't eat them. I, I've eaten two now out of this bag. Um, but they're not like something I would really... They're not even a three. A three is something like is decent to eat. Yeah. There's really not a lot of taste to them. Yeah, it's just sprinkles in. They're not one. One is something like circus peanuts, yeah. which will make you vomit. I, we're That's never not having circus peanuts here. But yeah. I'm going to give them a two. Okay. Two ghosts, which is yeah, not great. I can't try them because it says that they should be made out of rice paper, but our particular bag has no ingredients listed. It just says satellite wafers. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And not all communion wafers no, are No, com- a lot of communion wafers are not. So I can't have them today. Unfortunately, it sounds from you like they were delightful yeah these don't have yeah the packaging that we found these in in a vintage store doesn't have really anything on it no. it almost looks like like the type of small baggy you would get like drugs in it's pretty clear they bought them in bulk and broke them and up. broke them up yeah. yes so yeah. two, two out of five Two ghosts out of Get five. Get together, Megan. Two out of five ghosts? Yeah. Okay, so... Two, two out, out of five, five ghosts. ghosts. Two out of five ghosts for uh, for flying UFO. saucers. Yeah, flying saucers. Way for flying saucers. Um, hopefully, the show will be a little bit better. So, Steve, can you give us a rundown, like, the general concept of the TV show? Sure. Well, if you've ever seen the Ghostbusters movie, it's pretty much a play off that. You have the same characters, Peter, Ray, Egon, and Winston. And Janine is still with them, who's mm-hmm. answering their phones and things like that. And they're animated this time, though, now. And they're just basically solving ghost issues every episode, right? There's a ghost that pops up somewhere. They run off. They have to find the ghosts, shoot them, and trap them, just like in the movies. Um, and there's some other things added as well, which we'll get into um, is in the, in our further breakdown, but that's pretty much what it is. They added a little bit of color. Um, unlike the movies, they've made each of their 
their jumpsuits a little different color Mm -hmm. to help them stand out maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they've, you know, added a little bit more animation color and things like that to this, obviously. But besides that, it's pretty much that formula. And Slimer is a sidekick. Well, I was going to mention that. Yeah, Slimer is a sidekick to them and almost part of the team, which is interesting because that's almost like, it's like Ghostbuster lore. If you ask kids that grew up during this time, like we did, they would be like, oh yeah, Slimer. But in the movie, Slimer's never a good guy with them. No, he's it's always only... a bad ghost, or he's just like a slapsticky ghost that's seen like with hot dogs in his mouth. They they get him at a. If I'm recalling correctly, they they tr- they go to a hotel, and Slimer is eating all of the food from the carts that have been left out from room service yep. at this very fancy hotel. Yeah, and basically it's just like yeah, slapsticky like yeah. gluttonous ghost. And they trap him, and, like, that's it. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, then, then all the ghosts get released near the end of that first movie. Right. And then he's, like, in a hot dog cart. Right. Eating all the hot dogs. Yeah. I think he makes an appearance in Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's, like, a quick two-minute thing, and then he's gone. So... Yeah. This was something, obviously, that was purposefully added to the cartoon, maybe for toy sales, because I remember a lot of Slimer toys. Yeah, and also a lot of Slimer. We were just talking about the candy and the food. Mm-hmm. A lot of Slimer-themed food. So I guess I that's calling. a that's a good segue kind of into your history back Yeah, then. so it's got, it. you know, this is interesting. It was 140 episodes across seven seasons. Yes. I didn't never, I never realized it ran for that long. Um, this is a show, well, we'll get into it with memories, but like my brother watched, so I just wasn't aware that it went on for like that long of a period of time, but it was a a syndicated version, um, during the weekday and then also a Saturday morning component. Yes. Because it didn't, it had like this extra exposure that things like He-Man or Transformers, like those kind of shows didn't get Mm -hmm. because of the movies. So this actually came in between, started at least in between Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. Right. And it's called the real Ghostbusters because at the time, Filmation, there was a 1970s series called The Ghost space busters Mm -hmm. and they were making an animated version of that probably for the same reason like let's capitalize the ghostbusters it was 100 percent. yeah the 1975 filmation version was live action and they were making an animated series now after the ghostbusters movie came out the ghostbusters movie had to play on the name so basically they called it the real ghostbusters to to differentiate yeah. And avoid lawsuits. Because the Ghost Space Busters animated cartoon came out five days after or five days before, within five days of the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah. And um, the characters look a little different than the guys in the movie, but their personalities are the same. And partially that's because the only member of the original cast to... To audi- he auditioned for a voice role is Ernie is Ernie Hudson, and he um, the director said uh, I'm sorry that's not the way Ernie Hudson does it in the, did it in the movie I don't think that you're right for this role and didn't realize that it was Ernie Hudson auditioning for him <laughs> I guess so um, instead the role went to Arsenio Hall really who was also really big at the time the other pieces the other. Were the other people voiced by their same actors? They weren't. No, 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 nobody else was. Um, and in fact, I noticed right away from the beginning that the the Bill Murray character is voiced by the same person who voiced Garfield. The yeah, cartoon. Peter is, and he's he's voiced by the guy that does Garfield, trying to be Bill Murray. Yes, and so apparently Bill Murray watched the show and he was like why is Garfield my voice yeah and so they replaced him because Garfield was also a huge cartoon at the time mm-hmm. and really popular and what's funny is later on Bill Murray did the live action Garfield and voiced Garfield okay in the like the yeah. CGI Garfield so it's kind of funny to me so um yeah, so basically they they added um they had the executive producers Joe Medjuk and Michael Gross and they were the same as the producers from the original film. 
So they had also worked on the original film. And that's why it was actually such a popular series, because they wanted to keep the humor, the supernatural elements. They wanted to add some of the surreal imagery that had been in the film. Um, but they did decide to add Slimer. And basically, this was their rule. They said, the rule with Slimer was to imagine him as a seven-year-old boy. That was how you wrote for him. They made him their pet, and he's kind of domesticated now like a feral cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just thought that was so funny. Um, so he's like, yeah, he's their, he's their pet. They also really liked the fact that it was animation. They said it was no holds bar. The sky was the limit. It, you can do sight gag after sight gag where you can't do that with live action, right? right? Because it's much harder. So I thought that that was kind of interesting as well. So they had a lot of, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into it when we talk about what the animation looked like, but they we talked about this with G.I. Joe as well, a lot of different camera angles mm-hmm. as opposed to like a more static animated look right? where it's just like one background and that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of... Because of the show, um, they ended up putting Slimer in Ghostbusters 2. Um, they have a little incidental scenes where Slimer appears, but originally they did the whole movie without Slimer. And the two producers were like, he's the most popular character from the cartoon. We have tons of merchandise. Yeah. Put him in the movie. Um, so I thought that that was kind of funny. And then basically... What ended up happening, the, it sounds like from what I've seen from different interviews and stuff, the producers kind of thought that the show could have gone even further than it did. And they did end up having, after Ghostbusters 2, the Extreme Ghostbusters, which was 40 episodes and it was supposed to be like a continuation of the original the original animated series um, with Egon leading like a team of junior Ghostbusters. Right. But... What ended up happening is that there's this firm called Q5, and they were a consultancy firm, and the network and Q5 started interfering with the show. Okay. So they wanted Janine to be, like, softer and more like a mother figure, which she's not at all. Like, in the movies, she's, like, she's a New Yorker. Yes. (laughs) She's, like, a New York working career girl. We didn't see it in the cartoons we saw. But during the seven seasons of The Real Ghostbusters, she actually takes a more active role and sometimes is used almost as a fifth Ghostbuster. Oh, that's interesting. Like, there's a couple where she is operating a proton pack as well and kind of jumping in as, like, backup almost. Yeah. Um, They brought in the junior Ghostbusters. They also wanted to get rid of Ray. They were like, he's not doing anything. (laughs) But I can tell you, I watched the original movie with commentary and they talk about like they designed these characters dan Aykroyd and and um harold ramus designed these characters like really specifically where egon is the brains and um venkman peter venkman mm-hmm. is the mouth and ray is the heart right and then ernie hudson's character is the fourth ghostbuster that they can explain everything to so that they they can kind of info dump without like explaining it to the audience yeah he's the he's the the persons whose view the audience is seeing everything right he's like the everyman that 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 kind of stands in there for the audience i can see where they would start to think about ray is that because ray's the heart he's also kind of the humor a little bit yeah a little and now slimer has replaced that yeah, that's true. Because Rimer's, Slimer is humor, but he's also a little bit of heart. Yeah. And so it's like, why do you need two of those? Yeah, exactly. So I guess that was so, and and the at least the producers were like, no, we're not getting rid of Ray. Right. Like this is like a team, and the humor comes out of the team, and they just felt it was less of the satire, the verbal humor that that kind of um, made the cartoon what it was. So eventually, it came to an end, but. I think for for a spin-off of a movie, which in the 80s there were a lot of, right? There were cartoons of like they had a cartoon of Robocop, which I uh-huh. find very I odd. That. We'll watch that at some point. Um, but they had some like He-Man was a live action spun off from the cartoon, and then they had other cartoons like this spun off from the live action. So right. for that kind of a thing, it lasted a really long time. It really did, yeah. And it, you, you like you said, it, he, it, we mentioned before, kind of He-Man, G.I. Joe kind of set that up as 
a lot yeah. of cartoons and toys being used. I'm super excited because I got my very own He-Man Battle Cat today uh, at yes. the store. And I, I had a He-Man as a child, but I never had a Battle Cat. And now I have them together, and this is this is the live, the actions He Man where if you hit his chest, it flips and it shows a dent. Mm. It's pretty high tech. He also and, has a second head. I saw in a second hand. Yeah, this like is a backup this is hand. this is big, but it's made to look ve- like the retro set. So I'm very excited about this. This is my childhood dreams being lived out. Okay, it's the same reason Continue. I collect. It's the same reason I collect books. I just want everyone out there to know and be excited for my He-Man. Yeah, we're going to take a picture. Oh, also, on our Facebook, we're going to post our last Halloween thing that we did was Hocus Pocus. Yep, that was the bonus. we just saw the Honest trailer for Hocus Pocus, and it's hysterical. So we're going to share that with you guys on our Facebook page. And we're also going to take a picture of Steve's new toy. Collectible. and, And possibly him playing with it. Posing collectibles. <laughs> Posing collectibles. Are you going to leave it in the box? No. What? <laughs> I don't Why know. Why don't you do that? All right. So we're going to take our break here. And when we come back uh, in just a couple seconds, we will talk about our memories and we'll do the full review and recap. Are we going? <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. Um, hope you didn't change that podcast channel. I am Steve. I'm Megan. <laughs> I never get to do that, and I get to brought us, I get got to bring us back this time. I'm not even putting a commercial in this one, so it's literally been like five seconds. I got to bring us back, and I got He Man. Um, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not when we got married. Well, or that's anything. up there. Okay. Don't worry, sweetie. Um, so anyway, memories. I have a ton of memories. I have a few, but not too many. I really have more memories of, like, the movie. Mm-hmm. But just, I think, kind of the way we talked about Elf, like, one of those things that was just around in the 80s and 90s, and everybody dressed up like them for Halloween, and there were tons of snacks and toys and that kind of thing. I think we might have had, I feel like we had the ghost mobile. Ecto-1? Ecto-1, yeah, the car. So, what are your memories as you're shaking your head at me? Okay, so, me and my two brothers, I would say most of my memories come from the cartoon. Okay, really? We, we watched the movies, and the movies were a big deal, but all the toys were based off the cartoon. Mm. Right? So, we did watch the cartoon quite a bit. We had the Ghostbusters headquarters, the firehouse. Mm-hmm. We had Ecto-1, of course. We weren't amateurs. We had all the Ghostbusters... Right? Um, And so we had every... And the cool thing about this was is you didn't need a whole set to play because each of the real Ghostbusters came with a ghost. Oh, okay. So they came with a ghost to zap. Oh, that's neat. And they they came with their proton pack in the shooter. Mm -hmm. And the gun each had like... It had like a, a hard like plastic... Like laser beam laser. coming out okay. of it. And and you could twist the back and it made it like seem like it was moving. And so in each of the real Ghostbusters had different color laser. Which mm. is unlike the movie too, mm-hmm. but to make them stand out. Right. Right? Um, did the proton packs come off? They probably did. I'm trying to remember how that was set up. Um, but it was great. And so you had all these little ghosts that came with them. You had Slimer. We had a big Slimer too. Mm. We had a Slimer that was like... 10 inches long. Mm. So it was much bigger than the actual guys. Like about the size of a Barbie doll? Yeah, or like a stuffed animal almost. Okay. But hard plastic. Okay. Right? But there was also little Slimers that would that fit with the playset kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these are roughly, I think they were about three and a half inches. I think they were like a G.I. Joe size. Okay. A little bit bigger maybe, but not much. Did you have a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man? We did. <laughs> did you seriously? I was we joking. We did, but it wasn't super big. Oh, it was okay. like maybe... It was like maybe 10 inches. Interesting. So it was bigger than the guys, but right. not like giant not like in the, movie, in the movie. Um, and so we did a lot. We played with these a lot. It was interesting, too, because as we mentioned in the cartoon, the toys reflected that mm-hmm. in the fact that each of them had different... Like in the in the movie, they all have like a whitish, like gray jumpsuit. Right, yeah. In the cartoons and on the toys, Peter has a brown jumpsuit... Uh, Ray, I think, has the only is the only one that has the original color. Mm-hmm. Egon has like 
green? a really dark gray oh, slate. Okay. And then Winston has like a light gray. Okay. So they all don't they they match as far as all being jumpsuits, but they're different colors to help them stand out more. Interesting. Um, yeah. Did you guys dress up like this for Halloween? I don't believe we ever were Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, it's not something we didn't have like dress-up sets, uh-huh. but we really like the action figures. I just wondered because you had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I thought we maybe did. you had proton packs, too. It would have been fun, but we did not have proton packs. Um, but yeah, it was great. Also, what was great about this set was that you could do Ghostbusters, right? But then also, because they were roughly three and a half scale... Mm-hmm. You could use your G.I. Joes in the Ghostbuster car. You mm. could use the Firehouse for playing G.I. Joes. Yeah. Or for playing any of the other action figures that were that size. So that was pretty cool, too. Uh. Um, but yeah, big time. Awesome. Loved it. Um, we each had... And again, my brothers and I had a weird... Not a weird childhood. We had a really awesome childhood. And the fact that... We would each get ones for Christmas, but I don't remember which was mine, which was theirs, because we just, we just put them all in a box and shared. Yeah. You know, we just, and that's how we were. We didn't really fight too much about who wanted to be who and stuff yeah. like that. That's pretty cool. It's interesting because, you know, we haven't reviewed the movies here, but I've watched them back not that long ago. I had them on DVD and because of the commentary I wanted to hear and stuff. And um, they're not really kids' movies. The movies weren't. And if you noticed in the cartoon, they dropped out the smoking, the sexual yeah. innuendos. There was right? a lot of sexual innuendos in the first one. Yeah. And the second one is like demons and stuff. Like it's very dark. And I mean, most, the first one has demons too, but it, it, not the same way. Most innuendos come from Peter. Yeah. Like Bill Murray's character. Well, and but Janine and Rick Moranis' character, I forget his name, the accountant. Yep. They have like... They hook up. Yes, yep. (laughs) And there's a lot there, too. Um, So it's just interesting to me that, like, kids kind of glommed onto it because it wasn't really... I mean, it's not... I don't know. I don't see it. I see it, like, more of, like, a... I guess I think of it, I guess, as a family movie, even though there's sexual innuendos and violence and ghosts. Because I feel like we don't have that as much anymore. We have, like, movies for kids and movies for adults, but we don't have, like, Back to the Future, same thing. It's not really a kid's movie. Yeah, there's stuff in there that's not for kids, but kids like. it. But kids liked it. I liked it, at least. Yeah, so let's get into the episodes. All right. But thank you for sharing those memories, because I, as you were talking, I was like, yeah, I think my friend Dan had some of those toys, and so I, like, vaguely remember playing with them, like, on occasion. And, and I will tell you what. I was, we were at the toy store today. Yeah. Right. Well, I want to clarify. We were at a store buying toys for children for Operation Christmas Child, which you can send boxes to kids all around the world. It's run by Samaritan's Purse. It's a great organization. And we do this every year with our church. So we were buying stuff for children, and that's when I saw my He-Man and bought it. But I also saw Ghostbuster action figures. And I was like, oh, Ghostbusters, because we're doing this right now. Yeah. And I looked, but they were Ghostbuster action figures based off the movie characters. Right. And I was like, I don't want them. They're not the real Ghostbusters. That's what, and that's what today's show is all about. All right. Our first episode was the one that I picked. Season one, episode eight, when Halloween was forever. That's true. Um, So I just want to say before we kind of get into beat by beat, Michael Straczynski had been hired as a story editor for mm-hmm. this. Um, He went on to create Babylon 5. He wrote comics for Marvel and DC. He penned scripts for Thor, Changeling, World War Z. So he went on to do like a number of things. Okay. His initial order was for 13 episodes. And then after they saw them, ABC was like, we want more. And they ordered 65 more. Okay. Which is kind of huge. Um, the first thing that I, that I noticed was the intro is very similar to the movie. Yeah, Because it it's is. the same song. They're they're playing that Ghostbusters song. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a one hit wonder. I can't remember the artist's name, but he made bank on that song. Was and it, then I thought it was Lionel Rich. Was mm-hmm. it no Lionel Richie did the second Ghostbusters? Might maybe, but the, whoever did the original Ghostbusters song, like so far as I know, he like didn't have to really work again. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take out me saying Lionel Richie. That's my stuff. Ray Parker Jr. did After Dark as well. 
an album. And it had another top 10 hit called The Other Woman. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, so that's basically how it starts with the song. And then we've got the, uh, the big, a big ghost, the same as is on their symbol. Yeah. Uh, walking down the street to the beat right um and then and then the the show starts up and there's another like very i put 80s beat in background yes because it's just like true it's one of those like kind of bad beatboxing things and a reporter who i think was supposed to sound like barbara walters basically yes um and there have been Many hauntings hit the city as Halloween approaches. Yeah, and that's on the TV as we as as we get the Ghostbusters kind of finishing up a job. Yeah. Like they're finishing up a job. Coming out of a hotel, kind of like the one in the movie. Yeah, which was kind of interesting. Again, this is season one, right? So there's probably a lot of similarities. Um, and I put in my notes, too, the cartoon versions look nothing like them. Yeah, this is my first thing that lined up right here. My, I have to say, the first thing that crossed my mind was, why is Egon blonde with a rat tail? Yeah. Well, he has the loop-de-loop hair. Well, he has well. a rat tail a rat hanging rat down tail. the back, too. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was big in the 80s. My mom had one. All three of us had one. Did you really? Me, my brother, and both my brothers. I think my brother Kevin, the youngest, held on to his the longest. And it went like halfway down his back oh that's those of you who don't know the rat tail it was like a mullet but just like one little piece but it was like it was like two inches three inches thick and it was like a tail yeah and usually the rat tails that most people had were maybe four or five inches long but if you let it grow it would go longer and yeah i had one mine went mine went quick and then my brother Bill had his for a while, and I think I think Kevin was the one who had his the longest. But yeah, we had rat tails. But I can kind of see Harold Ramis in the face of Egon, even though he has the rat tail and the weird like pompadour thing going on. Yeah, but why change it? He had because he had. Know. I mean, his he had dark hair. I understand maybe you're trying to separate the characters, yeah. but he's also the only one with glasses, which they made red. Right. Stand way out on his face. Well, which that to me that makes sense. That's just like a color choice for the yeah. for the cartoon. But Dan Aykroyd's character looks nothing like Dan Aykroyd. No. He looks like Andy Richter. But Peter looks kinda like A little bit. A little bit, but you're right. Um but he got I mean, that's a choice. Like they went platinum blonde with this guy yeah. who had dark brown hair. Yeah. And then I added a rat tail, and, and it's like they went very different. But what's interesting is, as you're saying that, it's funny, like you said, that the cartoons were what drove the toys. And when I think of Egon, I think of him having, like, white hair or blonde hair. And he, you're right, he doesn't. He doesn't in the movie. He has brown hair. It's interesting. Dark brown, like but almost I, black. But I'm, like, that's where, like, the, like... I'm conflating the cartoon with the real person because right. that's how I see it in my head. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, was it just like they were trying to actually to like go attract kids more? Maybe. And they were like, we really got to mix this up a it bit. It probably also has to do with licensing. I know that uh, Disney does this as well. Like, they don't draw the cartoons to look like real people because then they have to license them. Oh, like the, pe like the people's images? Yeah, like Giselle from Enchanted. Mm -hmm. Amy Adams played that character. And they didn't make, like, princess dolls based on Giselle because then they'd have to license from Amy Adams. Like, gotcha. Because she's a real person. Person. so it's a little bit i'm wondering if that's maybe why because if they made a bunch of toys looking like the cartoon characters then they don't have to say that they're based on the likeness of these people and they don't have to give them royalties or okay. anything like that, that that's, makes my, sense. that's my guess um anyway the guys think that this is going to be a minor job and a piece of cake and slimer is of course there is their mascot um and we get some weird, you know, we didn't talk about the history of Halloween. We might go into that a little bit with the movie choice, I think. Mm -hmm. um, next time is Buffy and we'll talk about vampires. Yeah. But here they're like, they're relics from Ireland the and ruins from Halloween itself. Like the original 
Halloween is is because of Ireland and Celtic rituals and like things like that. Um, and it's one of like the theories of how we have this holiday, right? Yeah. Um, and I mentioned before, and we talked about this after the Catholic Church. Steve is like the Catholic Church didn't invent Halloween. I'm like, no, but they celebrated All Saints Day, right? Which is the next day. It's November first. So All Hallows' Eve was often like the celebration of the, the, the Day of the Dead before All Saints' Day. So then, and Steve, I was so happy for this. You have no idea because this is like quintessential 80s TV show is that we have a song break. Yes. <laughs> yeah. After, after they, the as you mentioned, the Celtic or Irish artifacts raise this pumpkin demon from the dead yeah that brings inanimate objects to life yeah uh we have this this thing is it is it midnight action yes midnight is the name action. of the song and the ghosts are going crazy a lot of them are more like these are like generic monsters they're like goblins Right. They're supposed to be goblins, not mm-hmm. so much like the souls of the dead or whatever. Janine gets frightened by them. They're like little, like monster looking They're things. like little goblin ghost things. And two of them scare Janine, like you said. And then the Ghostbusters run after them and realize that the city's in commotion. Yeah, the city is in complete chaos. And the phone line gets possessed. And Ray goes, remind me not to take any collect calls. <laughs> and I was like, I forgot about collect call. Lucy, this is not your podcast. So the entire city is in total chaos, and uh, and we're reminded about collect phone calls, which I totally forgot about. Yes. <laughs> then Slimer gets recruited into the Midnight Army, kind of against his will. He's pulled along very reluctantly. He's like, no. Oh, no and they're like you've been domesticated by the humans and we need to take you back yeah but it's all said in an irish accent um and then he kind of becomes a traitor but he doesn't really mean to be two people run away from these goblins they run into a, one of those silver diners those like bullet yeah silver bullet diners i love those um and that's haunted as well and then the guys say time is slowing down so it's time dilation. Right. Because if, it's... If he finishes, it'll be Halloween always. Yeah. Which I was actually... My hope in this episode, I was hoping that it would be um, like Groundhog Day, but with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Too much Bill Murray. Halloween forever. But it would have been before Groundhog Day, but it, it, that was a Harold Ramis thing as well. But Halloween forever, like just a re- repetition of Halloween, but it wasn't. And that disappointed me a little it, it bit. It was during some of these scenes that I had my first kind of critique a little bit. Okay. And I had down in my notes, the animation's a little basic and lazy. And what I mean by that is... When there's large groups of character on the screen, mm-hmm. there's very little detail. Yeah, that's true. And especially with the goblins, I noticed that a lot of them are just like blobs. They kind of look like um, there are these Muppets called Whatnots where they, they just have like eyes and nothing else. They kind of look like that. But at the same point, they did do a lot of like cuts from one angle to another. Like they have some really interesting shots. They do. And when it's up close, like on the Ghostbusters... Or on, like, one, like, the main bad guy. It's pretty decent. Yeah. It's just when they when they, drop out, when they jump out to, like, shots of lots of buildings in the city, it's very basic and there's not a lot of detail at all. Yeah, we have another news anchor. <laughs> and this one's a demon. Um, or a clown for Halloween. I couldn't... Yeah, Remember we clown, were yeah. debating, are the news anchors dressed up or are they demons as well? We don't we know. We don't know, yeah. What's interesting to me, this is not the first 80s cartoon that featured news anchors. And that must have been, like, I think that in the 50s and 60s, like, you had more of, like, the anchor at the desk. Mm-hmm. But not so much, like, the reporter out on the street getting the story. Right. And I think that when I see this, it does also remind me of my childhood of, like, I wanted to be at one point that kind of reporter. Okay. Like, I wanted to be, like out there getting the stories and getting things done and telling <laughs> truths and like whatever um and then i was like oh no i don't like 
deadlines and the, the news media is changing <laughs> drastically. But it's kind of funny to me um, that we have two scenes with reporters and we saw, I know what the other one, um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because yes. April's a April's reporter. reporter. Yep. So we have again some explanation. Halloween became, began as the feast of San, Sam Hain. And that's the now come back. It's like a demon come back in this pumpkin form, and it's gonna rule the whole city, and it'll be Halloween forever. Ha ha ha. Yeah. So all the lights in the city, uh, they're like, what if we blind it? It hates light. So let's turn on all the lights in the city. Um, and Egon, they all have kind of a lot of one-liners. They do, yeah. Which I think I would have enjoyed as a kid. But they can't... Also, it's interesting because the plot turns and it goes into, like, their plan mode. Yes. Where Winston, Ray, and Peter all attack the goblins and the main, like, pumpkin head demon guy head on. While Egon sets up the spotlights. Yes, and he's trying to get the generator on to get these spotlights going. And then, um, I don't know if it's Ray or Venkman, but somebody goes... Well, we made it to the party. Who's got the soda and chips? Probably Vankman. Like, again, yes. it's supposed to be like a, like really, a, one-liner. Like a little yeah. zinger. Um, Sam Haim threatens Slimer. And they all yell, Slimer, pizza! And Slimer turns around and he's distracted by the idea that there might be pizza. Yeah, well, Slimer, like, freaks out because there would be pizza and he slips out of his grasp. Yes. So they save Slimer, and Egon floods everything with lights. The three guys try to cross streams to pull the leader into the box. Um, And they get it into, you know, that classic Ghostbusters. The ghost trap. Yeah, the ghost trap. Um, Meanwhile, during this whole action sequence, Midnight Action is playing again. Again, yes. Um, And time finally works again. And then I have in my notes, as you said, Midnight Action, I put Midnight Action is a horrible generic 80s song yeah, playing 100%. in the background. This is like when you get free music on like like SoundCloud or Spotify. Yeah. You're like, I need some free music for something. Um, it waited 1,200 years to be free. And then they're like, it'll wait longer. And then... The implication is it's going to get out of the ghost trap at some point. Right. Come back. Um, and then at the end, Janine and Slimer play a little prank. Where they're like, they the Ghostbusters are like, it'll come back. And Janine like flips the lights off and Slimer moves. Oh, yeah. A so, pumpkin. Yeah. Slimer puts a pumpkin on his head. And then they run after Janine. So it ends on a like kind of humorous note. Um Overall, do you do you think this episode, do you feel like it was kind of in keeping with, like, the tone of the movie and stuff? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they had a main villain, right? Yeah. Who was kind of in charge of a bunch of other ghosts, causing a citywide issue, and they run to the rescue. Yeah, and it's also, it's set in New York City. Right. Which, in the, in the original, I feel like a lot of movies had this again in the 80s, like gritty New York City before it was cleaned up. Yeah, this Um, is pre-Giuliani New York City. And it's kind of like a character to itself, right? Right. It's part of like the atmosphere of the whole thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting to get like the cartoon version. But again, it reminded me a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we reviewed not that long ago. Yeah, definitely. Because that's kind of similar setup in terms of the city being part part of where they are. Unlike our next one. Yeah, so the next one we moved into was my choice. It was from season five, episode 12, so we made quite a jump. Mm-hmm. And it was Ghost Fight at the OK Corral. Same intro song, but in my opinion, much better animation. Yeah, the animation's bumped up a bit, but we saw this with other cartoons we've done too, right? Yeah. That as the seasons progressed, they got more money, more funding, more ad revenue. They were able to, to pay for a little and bit And this also, animation. to me, this is at the height of it because I think probably season one kind of kicked it off, like I said, 13 yeah. episodes. Seasons two, three, four, five 
really that's when they were doing a ton of the merchandising and they really bumped things up, um, especially in preparation for Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. And then I think it kind of had its decline. Yeah, and we mentioned it started in 86, right? So the yeah. first season, you got 86 animation. Yeah, that's true. Now you're talking 91, 92. Yeah. Animation changes in the 90s and gets better, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we start out off looking at the opening of Six Guns over Tombstone, yes. which is kind of like a Disney World or a Six Flags, mm-hmm. um, and it's like an amusement park in Tombstone that's supposed to be Old West. Which we talked about this. There was one like that, not that far from where we live, up in the Adirondacks. Yes, yep, The Great Escape, which is... Originally, was Frontier Town was up there, Front, and they closed down. Frontier now. Town and Storybook Land. Yeah, and, and now, now they're it's kind great of escape. But we meet Mr. Dewey Lamort and his lovely wife Dorothy, and the city of Tombstone presents him with the boots of from Wyatt Earp. Yeah, but they're possessed. Yes, slime and, starts to come out. They glow blue. And then what we can only assume is Wyatt Earp's ghost. Yes, attacks everyone. He comes out first as a as like a smoke monster and then he's fully corporeal he's just wider yeah. walking around yeah and oh, they have like generic like hicks in the audience watching this mm-hmm. like cowboys and cowgirls and they're all like yikes <laughs> but it all sounds like one voice yeah it's also funny because i'm sitting here thinking to myself do they think arizona is like that nowadays like yeah it's, it's present the arizona is not an old west yeah, anymore. but they're doing it like it. Also, these are it's probably Japanese animation, and it's people probably. who have only lived in New York or LA trying yeah. to depict Wyoming yeah. or Arizona. Um, so the Ghostbusters get called in. Now I put here the angles here are incredible. They go from shooting fingers at the crowd to a shot from like figures. Sorry, I said fingers. They go from shooting figures in the crowd and then a shot behind, there's like a gate and they show this melee like through the gate mm-hmm. and then they show it like from above. It was really cool what they, the way that they did the animation yeah. and, and a lot less um, sloppy than the first. Um, yeah. So back in New York City, the boys are using new suction for ghost traps. Yeah, they're trying to upgrade the equipment a little bit. But it sucks in on itself like a black hole. Yeah. And they go, well, back to the drawing board. But they experiment with Slimer, which seems kind of mean to me. Yeah. They pull Slimer and Slimer goes into the trap and then they're like, well, I guess maybe he's gone now. Well, you have to try your new stuff out on real ghosts. And if you have a real ghost living in your firehouse. I guess so, but he tried you know, to help. rent. He tried to help them with Sam Haim and everything. Nobody ghost busts for free, Megan. That's his rent. Yeah, that's true. He's he's a he's apparently a guinea pig. That's how he pays for his room and board. So basically somebody gives them the phone call. Dewey. Dewey Dewey Lamore, is that what we said? Lamort, yeah. Yeah. And he, he goes, you know, um, he takes them and, and one of them says, I don't know. The phrase go west, young man, just to me meant Pennsylvania. And they have a little laugh about that. Yeah. That's as far as far as a New Yorker is willing to go west, apparently. Right. Um so they go to the a literal ghost town, right? Yeah, they fly out and Slimer holds on to the outside of the plane and flies out with them because Peter doesn't want Slimer coming. Yeah. So Slimer tags along, but he holds on to the outside of the plane the whole way to Arizona. Yeah, he, he hitches a ride. Mm-hmm. And then they pull out their equipment. It's kind of neat, again, to see, like, the, the tricorder kind of looking thing. And they're yeah. looking at, like, the PKE rating. Um, and then they're like, is that Virgil, Morgan, Doc Holliday? Um, and they're like, one, one ghost is enough. <laughs> right. But they... Um, and I liked this line, too. When you side with a man, you stay with him, even when he's dead. Yeah, because they do find that they have the ghosts of Wyatt, not only Wyatt Earp, but Virgil Earp, Morgan Earp, and Doc Holliday. And I said, they all shoot with finger guns. Boom, boom. Yeah, boom, finger boom, guns. Boom. And I, I, at first I was like, that's weird. And I wrote it down. But I wonder if, remember we've talked before, the 80s and possibly going to the 90s, there was that aspect of violence being toned down. Yeah, that's the true. The Ghostbusters... Proton guns don't really look like guns. No, that's right. And so instead of pulling actual revolvers on them, they shoot ghost bullets from their fingers. That might have been part of it. Yeah. 
I, w I didn't think about that. I was wondering that, too. I just thought, also, they wanted some surreal elements. So, again, you kind of have that. The other weird thing about this, now, this is just my history buff jumping in, right? Is we have the ghosts of the Earp group yeah. with Doc Holliday, okay, <laughs> who are haunting everybody. Well, A, they didn't die in Tombstone. Only, only Morgan did. Okay, and not at the OK Corral. Mm. Okay, the 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 other gang was at the clamp. The not the clamp. It's the um, the clampets are from. I a know TV the clampets from the TV show, but the the group that the Earps fought in the OK Corral are the ones who died, oh. and they were the bad guys in the in the shootout. Yeah. So why do we have the good guys as the ghosts? The Clantons. The Clantons. The Cl yeah, and the Claiborne and West Fuller. Yep. Yeah. So they're the ones that, that lost, and they're also the ones who were the bad guys in the situation. So why do we have the good guys as ghosts? And, and again, Doc Holliday didn't die there. Neither did Wyatt Earp. Neither did Virgil yeah, Earp. Yeah, I thought that that was odd, too. I'm, I guess it's just because you recognize they're the They're bigger name. names. If they and, said the Clantons, people would yeah, be like, I don't what? know who that is. Yeah. So Dewey is trying to take pictures, mm -hmm. and he goes, I have to go get more film for my camera. And again, I was like, I forgot that that was the thing. Yeah, and this... And I used to take pictures all the time. And I was on, like, I was a photographer for, like, the yearbook and the newspaper, mm -hmm. even in college. And I did learn, like, how to use a darkroom. But we've used digital cameras in our phones for so long now. Like, just changing... You kind of forgot about that? Yeah, like, the, the, just the act of, like, oh, my film roll's done. And not knowing if the ghost showed up on your film or right. not for this guy. Like, he's got to wait till he takes it to the Kodak this one hour. This section, where the Ghostbusters kind of split up and they're running into different ghosts in different areas. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this... this struck a chord with you but it reminded me of scooby-doo yes where they run into little vignettes almost yes and like so at one point peter's playing poker with the ghosts right one of them walks into the the newspaper office and one of the ghosts is in there running newspaper stuff yes right so it looked very scooby-doo to me it's also a chance for them to show the four different personalities yep so ray uh gets pushed into a dentist chair and the drill's coming down at him and then we yep. go to a commercial break um and slimer kind of saves the day um aces and eights are a dead man's hand as you said while venkman's playing poker um and then they they basically they say they find a newspaper that's been run off mm -hmm. and they're planning on cleaning up the town again yeah this time with us as the clantons Right. So now it started to make more sense. Yes. So the ghosts were viewing them as the intruders, the bad guys. Right. And they're trying to reenact the gunfight. So Ray, the bankman keeps going, start the car, Ray. Yeah. Just get out of town, Ray. They want to get out before sundown. Um, but then Egon says, you can't run from a ghost. You have to face it head on like a man. What? What men are just facing ghosts head I on? The Ghostbusters. Yeah. Who else are you going to call, Steve? Who yeah. are you gonna call? I, I I really don't I really don't subscribe or like the term toxic masculinity, but forcing someone to 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 go against a ghost head on is not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, man up, go fight that demon. That's not healthy to me. <laughs> Again, really cool shots. They show a sunset behind them as they're talking. Then they do a close up of each man's face as they go to fight the the herbs um slimer they show the weapons um bill murray's character or venkman still doesn't know that slimer's there he hasn't actually seen him he yeah. got dust in his he eyes he gets dust in his eye and slimer actually saves him but yeah. he doesn't know it and there's a chase scene and basically they put horses over the ghost traps yeah, Pete, <laughs> Peter sees, just like the ghosts all came from Boots, mm -hmm. Peter sees 16 horseshoes yes. and realizes that the ghost horses are tied up. So he throws traps under all of them, figuring the ghosts will jump on their horses to ride out of town. And that's when he gets them. And of course they do. And ghost boats are flying everywhere. And they they jump on the horses. And the ghost traps open and suck them in. And the the ghost bullets fly, the ghosts go into the trap, and then um, Lamort says, can we take your, can I take your picture? And Venkman goes, you're just a dude, which I don't get that joke. 
I don't understand that joke at all. I don't either. But I'll tell you what. I liked the plan and the trap that they got them on the horses. This is why. What I liked about this is this this one was Peter's. Mm-hmm. The last episode was Egon. It's not the same person always coming up with the plan. Yeah, and also it is kind of a creative idea. It is a creative idea, and yeah. It, it was, I liked, you know, as much as we talked about New York being kind of a character in the other one, Having the Ghostbusters in a different setting was really fun. Yeah, Ghost Town was really cool. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of a fun, different kind of thing. So I actually ended up, I liked the second episode more than I liked the first episode. Okay. So what do we have in terms of reception? How did other people feel about it? So the thing about the the, the Ghostbusters was they it was really well received when this first, when this came out. Um, the series received critical acclaim right since its premiere, the first season. Mm. Um, the first season received an approval rating of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And the rest of the seasons followed a very high percentage of approval ratings. Um, you know, Common Sense Media gave the series a 3 out of 5 stars. Okay. Which is pretty good. And they said parents need to know that The Real Ghostbusters is an animated series spun off of, you know, the 1980 movie the 1984 movie um and that they've stayed this the core characters stayed the same but they dropped out the um swearing smoking and sexual innuendo right yeah so that was kind of important and they really liked that as we mentioned um part of the reception piece was that they had to change the name to the real ghostbusters Mm -hmm. um because there was that other live action show and then that other cartoon which i remember the extreme one no, the Ghost Space Busters. Oh, really? It was about two dudes, and they had. It was done. They were ghost capture people, but their dads uh-huh. had been the live action people. Oh, okay. And they had. It was supposed to be like a more spooky thing. Hmm. Like they had like a skeleton phone that talked to them. They had a skeleton TV that talked. They had a talking like ghost buggy. We'll have to watch that. It was like time. everything was haunted, and they were always fighting like this evil wizard thing. So it was it was it was more lame than this than the right. Ghostbusters. But what happened was Columbia Pictures paid paid the filmation who made this original cart this original Ghostbusters and then the cartoon. Mm-hmm. They paid them six hundred thousand dollars to use Ghostbusters for the nineteen eighty four movie. Oh. Then when they were going to do this, Filmation said, hey, well, let's bring back our guys and play off the name. Mm-hmm. And they told them, listen, we told we. The six hundred grand was for movies, not animation. And now we've got our own cartoon, so they had to call it the real Ghostbusters to break it away. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, you know, in terms of the rest of the franchise, you know, I don't know the the one with the female Ghostbusters. I know wasn't received as well. I really, I enjoyed that movie. I did. I didn't like it as much as the original, but mm. I didn't like the reboot. You know the newest reboot. I didn't like that as much. Afterlife. As the... I liked that way I better. I liked it. I liked it better than the the female version. I liked it better than the female version, but I didn't like it as much as the original 1984. No, Ghostbusters. no, yeah. I did like it more than Ghostbusters too. I, I have a problem with Ghostbusters too. It okay. creeps me out. Not as much as um, uh, a movie we did not choose for this Halloween, but we might for next year. The Return to Oz. Mm. That well, movie. Do you not freaks like the Walking out. Statue of Liberty? In, in Ghost oh, I forgot about that. No, I just don't. I mean, it's about baby sacrifice and stuff. It's really creepy. Yeah. And Peter McNichol, who I love, and Ally McBeal, I don't like in that movie. Okay. He's weird. But anyway, um, getting back to the cartoon, how, so we learned what other people thought. What did you think? What are you going to give it out of 10? I did like this. It has a lot of nostalgia for me, as I mentioned during our memory section. Mm-hmm. Um. There was a few downsides that I mentioned before with the animation, especially series one. Season yeah, one, right? Season one, yeah. Um, not only like a little bit of lazy animation as far as like when there was um, large groups of characters and like scenery, mm-hmm. but also at one point during the battle scene, um, they didn't edit it well. There's a shot where, you know, Ray, Peter, and Winston are attacking the demon and. Egon's on the ground with the spotlights. And in one shot, Egon's on top of the building when he's not supposed to be. Mm. So someone drew it wrong and then they never edited it out. Mm. 
And it's it, because he's got the platinum blonde hair, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's true. So again, I mean, that's little things, but it's editing that they should have paid attention to. That as yeah. an adult, I do. But I did notice in the OK Corral, Ghost Fight at the OK Corral, I didn't really notice any of those issues. Yeah, I think it was that a they... later season, and they got better animation, and I think better editing. Yeah, the first thirteen episodes, I think, were probably a little yeah. more rough. Um, but for for me, I liked the I liked the storylines, especially the second one. As I said, I think the first one was okay. It was almost like too much like the movie, like a little bit of a retread. Yeah. But um, I liked the storylines. I liked. The angles that they did and the way that they cut it, I thought that, you know, especially the later season, that the animation was better. Um, I don't, you know, it's difficult because this is very clearly for a certain age group, which sometimes the cartoons aren't that we watch. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. But this is um, the (laughs) one-liners. I probably would have laughed at them as a kid. Like if I was yeah. like seven, eight, right? I, I, they, they kind of annoyed me here a little bit, but um. I thought Peter and Ray were hilarious when I was a kid. Oh yeah, I definitely know? would have thought that it was, it was funny, um, and I know, like I said, my brother watched it, and I think that he liked it too. But what do you give it out of ten? Um, I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. I, some of those issues I mentioned brings it down a little in my from being a to me a ten is like awesome right yeah but I'm gonna I still it still have great memories of it and when watching it I was still entertained yeah even I though was, it's not for us right I was still entertained and I would wa- I would let my kids watch it yeah so I, I got to give it an eight and there are some I will say there are some cartoons where where you're like I would let a kid watch this and I'm like I would not because it's annoying to me yeah and I didn't feel that way about this. I wouldn't watch more episodes of it. Like, there are some of the cartoon. I think I watched some extra, like, Elvin and the Chipmunks. I definitely watched Extra Gem um, because that was, like, a continual storyline. Well, those two but, both had better music here than this, yeah, too. Yeah, this one had some, some music that was that was really grating. So I'm going to go with a um, seven. Okay. Pretty close to where you are. Yep. Not my super favorite, but I liked it quite a bit. I thought that it was it's a fun it's a fun ride and it was a fun revisit. Okay. So Yeah Seven and, and a half ghosts. ghosts. Oh. Out of ten. I don't want to split a ghost in half. <laughs> Yeah, we shot it with our cross beams. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that's all right. I just think of like some little Victorian girl just They're being They're incorporeal. Sliced. It's okay. Okay. Um, Seven and a half ghosts out of ten. And two out of five for the communion wafer UFOs. Yes, the the satellite wafer UFOs. Um, so now we come to my favorite segment. And I think probably our listeners as well. And that is, what is Steve willing to watch? Except we're doing it a little differently this time. It's got to be someone's favorite. (laughs) It's my favorite. Okay. Usually because I get to read you weird, like, just weird descriptions of things. So we have, for our live action TV show, we decided to go with something from the 90s. And we are watching... The TV version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Spoilers aside, everyone, I have to tell you, you need to listen to this the next week because this was one of my most favorite television shows of all time. And I thought it was okay and watched it later on, not when it was airing. (laughs) I went back and like watched some on streaming. I was like, yeah, I never saw that show. It's like, I don't even know you. Um, so here's the thing. We, because Steve is such a big fan of this show, we decided that, and I've seen all of them, we did decide that we want to watch... The musical episode. Yes. Yeah, so that is Once More with Feeling, and that's season six, episode seven. Okay. So we're going to watch that one, um... Do you want to let the dice decide for the others? Yeah, let's let the dice decide. Okay. How many seasons are in total? I'm looking. He, so he asks like he doesn't. Let's do let's do something from the first five because it was on the WB for the first five and then it switched to UPN. Okay. Um and you 
How many roughly per season did they do? Well, roll roll the dice and then we'll figure it out. All right. I'm going to roll a six-sided for the season. Okay. Says there's five of them. And that is four. Four. Okay. It's a good season if I recall right. And now I'm going to roll a 20-sider, my big 20-sider, and see how that comes up for episode. 14. Okay. So. Does that actually. Yeah. Yeah, season four had 22 episodes, so that was a good guess. So season four, episode 14, is Goodbye, Iowa. Tension erupts between Buffy and an ailing Riley as they pursue Maggie Walsh's killer. Okay. I don't know who Maggie Walsh is, and I don't know who killed her, but maybe we'll find out. I like it. Um, So we're going to be watching that, and of course, the musical episode, which we had to pick. Yes. Uh, Classic. And then after that, we have... The Monster Squad. The Monster Squad. A cult classic, for those of you who remember it, from the 80s. Yes. So we're really excited about that. Um, If... We planned this out correctly. Uh, we missed a week because of some stuff that came up with our jobs and, mm-hmm. and life, basically. But we're going to be putting this out on a Tuesday. Our next episode for Buffy should come out on Thursday. And then Monster Squad will come out the following week. Yep. So that's what's coming up. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked The Real Ghostbusters and you want to watch it again, again, that is on Amazon Prime and Crackle. Yeah, check it out if you don't haven't watched it in a while or you never saw it as a kid, because it's definitely worth watching one or two episodes. They're they're not long and they're kind of fun. And if you're super, uh, really suspicious of no, that's not the right word. If you're really intrigued by the idea of these UFO wafers, you maybe skip them. Try to find. Yeah, don't don't. <laughs> it's not worth trying to find these things to then eat them and go oh, like that's that's it's underwhelming. Trust me. All right. But that's it for this week, uh, or for today at least. I'm Megan. And I'm Steve. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks. (laughs)